Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. This series we're in, Honor University, Honor You. Today I'm going to talk about the reward of honor. Can someone say that with me? The reward of honor. There is a reward that comes when we honor. How many of you are the baby in the family? Can I see? Can I see? You can tell your babies because you're all like, woohoo, yeah, you're the baby. I'm the baby of the family too. I'm the baby too, so I get it. And I brought along a family picture of growing up. I'm the fun one, the, the cute little one way over on the left with the little knee socks. And um, if there's one thing I wish today is I wish this photo would be in color because this was taken about 1975 and um, All the colors of the 70s, I promise you, are represented in this picture. I remember, I remember my little dress that day. I loved that little dress, but um, I'm the baby of the family. And just for fun, I want to tell you the names, and you're going to see why in a minute. So we have mom and dad who had six children. They were very busy. And we have Karen, Kenny, Candy, Cammie, Kurt, and Chrissy. So yeah, that's, that's just fun to say. So by the time my mom got to me, and I was the baby of the family, by the time she got to me, she, she used everybody's name along the way. And, and I, can't, I can't give her too hard of a time because I've started to do that, and I only have three. So anyway, so yeah, our families, you know, some things we never outgrow, right? If you're the baby of the family, you are always the baby of the family, right? I mean, I'm 50 years old, I have grown children of my own, but yet when I go and I hang out with my family, guess what? I'm still treated very much like the baby of the family. How many of you can relate to that? Yeah, there's some things we just never outgrow, right? So in our Bibles today, we're going to talk um, about Jesus visiting his hometown. So we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to start reading with verse, in verse 57. If you want to read along in the scriptures, we have um, the, the, our app. It's our MyALC mobile app that you can download. It's free, and all the scriptures are right there. Some of them will be on the screens behind me, or you can do it the old-fashioned way and open up that Bible, and let's hear those pages going. But Matthew chapter 13 and verse 57, I'm going to start reading there. It says, and they were deeply offended, and they refused to believe in him. I mean, what a reception, right? And Jesus said to them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Wow. So Jesus is coming into his hometown of Nazareth. And the scriptures tell us that he, he did not do many miracles there because he wasn't received. He didn't have honor. You know, he had just been in Capernaum, the city of Capernaum, and the Bible says that he healed everyone. He healed all of them. So, so now he comes to his hometown, and he doesn't perform many miracles. Why? Because he wasn't shown honor. This honor thing is a, is a big deal. You know, the residents of Jesus' hometown, I'm sure they were acquainted with Jesus, right? I mean, this is the hometown kid. I mean, we used to change his diapers, right? So Jesus comes on the scene, and um, he's, they're so acquainted. In fact, this is what the scriptures say. It says, they scoffed at him, and they said, well, 
he's just the carpenter's son. I mean, we know him. We know Mary, his mother. We know his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. I mean, we know his sisters. They all live right here among us. So where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and they refused to believe in him. I mean, right, this is little Jesus that they've grown up with. He's one of them. But now Jesus shows up to them as a prophet, one who challenged them to respond to unpopular spiritual truth. And they chose to not listen to the message because they could not see past the man. So today I want to talk to you about the spirit of honor the spirit of honor. I want to talk to you about the power of the spirit of honor that can be released in your life when we honor. See, when we find this biblical principle of honor and we grab hold of it and we start putting it into practice, it will release mighty works of God in your life. Let me show you how. Honor has a reward. Can someone say that? Honor has a reward. You know, it's been said, how we treat people says more about you than it does about them. Isn't that true? And so, you know, here's a, here's a thought. If you will never lock eyes with someone that Jesus didn't die for, you will never lock eyes with someone that Jesus isn't madly in love with. And so we've got to get better at this, honoring one another. You know, this series has been challenging, right? I mean, it goes against the grain of our culture. It goes against the grain of our flesh of what, how we want to respond. You know, we've been schooled on what it looks like to, to show what biblical honor is. And here's the bottom line. If we want to see the power of God released in our lives, we need to learn to honor. We've got to learn to do this. Jesus said that in my hometown, there was no honor. And so when we read this story, we realize his hometown shut him down. Jesus had something to give them. Jesus had something to bring them. Jesus had something to offer them. But because they shut him down, they missed out on what he had. You know, this is a big principle. Dishonor shuts down what God puts in people for you. Dishonor shuts down what God puts in people for you. Dishonor closes off whatever they have. Whatever they have that could help your life, it shuts that down. And so the miraculous power of God in Jesus Christ, it was shut down. Mark chapter 6 and verse 4, it says this. Jesus says this. A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. You know, there, there weren't many works of God done that day in Nazareth because of their unbelief and because of their dishonor. Verse 6, Jesus says, I'm amazed at their lack of faith. Another translation says that he was amazed at their depth of unbelief. I mean, that's something, right? He wasn't received, and therefore his gift wasn't received. So they didn't honor him. They didn't show him honor. So as a result, the power of God was cut off in their life. And they missed it. They missed the work of God in their life. I wonder how many times we miss it. I wonder how many times I've missed it. I wonder how many times just maybe unintentionally I have missed the work of God because maybe I've dishonored the messenger somehow. And maybe intentionally 
I've, I've missed it because I've dishonored the messenger somehow. You know, we can be and we can sit under the most anointed teaching and preaching or be in the most anointed service and not get anything. We can sit under the best preaching in the world and leave it empty because it's all about a spirit of honor or dishonor, Right? People all around us can be getting their breakthrough, and yet you're feeling nothing. They're feeling a spirit of honor, but you are absolutely disconnected. Here's the thing. Your reception of the messenger doesn't set the thermostat for the church. Thank God, right? Your reception of the messenger, whether or not you like the preacher or you don't like the preacher, whether or not you like the worship or you don't like the worship, whether or not you have a problem with someone behind the microphone or not, you set the temperature for what you're about to receive in your own life. You don't set the temperature for the move of God, but your honor or your dishonor does. So you have to understand, whoever you honor, you are opening it up to the gifts that they have to bring. And whenever we dishonor, we shut that gift off that they have. Your reception matters. How are you receiving the word today? Matthew chapter 10, verse 41 says, if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as the prophet. It's a big deal. You know, you honor that place that God has raised them to. There's something to honoring others that can release the work of God in your life. You know, we love this next generation coming up. We love our kids. We love our kids' ministry here. We are so pro-kids' ministry. Get your kids in kids' church. We have the best kids' ministry hands down, don't we? We love our teenagers. We have the best student ministry hands down. And I just got to give some honor where honors to. It's Pastor Julia's birthday today. Give it up for Julia. Yeah. You know, we have incredible ministries and we have incredible workers back there that are leading the way in teaching our kids how to honor because that's what it's going to take for this generation because honor is so counterculture. We don't, we don't show, we're, the culture in general doesn't show honor. In fact, it's, it's kind of popular right now to disrespect and dishonor. You, you show disrespect, you get a bigger stage, you get a bigger microphone, right? I mean, it's so anti-God where they just want to... Um, give their own opinions. And honestly, we've got to go back to the word of God, right? Amen. Amen. So we love our kids ministry and we want, and we love our teenagers, but we've got a job to do. It's up to us who are old, who are older (laughs) to, to start teaching them, to start instilling in them, to start modeling it and showing them what it's like to show honor. Because I'm going to tell you what they are watching. They are absolutely watching how you interact with that grocery store clerk, how you interact with um, that your neighbor, how you interact at, at the gas station, how you interact when you come into church. They are hearing those conversations, and I can guarantee you they will repeat the behavior. We've got to show them. There's a reward when we honor. Romans 13, 7, it puts it like this, give respect to whom respect is due, and honor to whom honor is due. And in the book of Numbers, in chapter 12, if you want to turn there, I'll give you a little bit of time to do that. But 
We're going to talk about Miriam. We're going to talk about Aaron. We're going to talk about Moses. And these guys are siblings. And Jochebed is their mother. And I tell you what, she must have been an amazing woman because she raises the first prophet. She raises the first worship leader. And she raises the first high priest. I mean, what a woman, right? Write a book. Tell us how you did that. The Bible says that Moses was elevated above his siblings. So picking up in the story with Numbers chapter 12, Moses decides to marry an Ethiopian girl. And the siblings don't like it. Miriam in particular. We don't know why Miriam doesn't like her new sister-in-law, but she just doesn't. And so she gets Aaron's ear, and Aaron and Miriam start murmuring and talking about their brother and his new wife. And the Bible says, the Lord heard it. Can someone say, the Lord heard it? I'm going to read for you Numbers chapter 12, starting with verse 1. While they were in Nazareth, or when Hazareth, sorry, um, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. So immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam and said, go to the tabernacle, all three of you. So the three of them went to the tabernacle, and the Lord descended in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called, and they stepped forward. I mean, whoa, right? (laughs) What would you do if you were in that situation? Aaron and Miriam are standing before God, and God has heard them talking about his friend Moses. I mean, let that just be a warning that God hears the spirit of dishonor. I mean, don't tell me what they said about me, right? Tell me what made them feel comfortable to say it in your presence. And so, so Miriam and Aaron here, they begin to criticize Moses and his new wife. And you know, the funny thing is, is Moses' wife isn't even the issue. The real issue here is their growing jealousy of, of Moses' position and his influence, and they're jealous. And so like we do many times, instead of facing the uncomfortable issue, in this case it's envy and pride, they create this diversion from the real issue. You know, most of the time when we meet with people to, to give spiritual guidance, the real issue that they bring isn't the real issue at all. It doesn't end up being the issue, so we encourage them to dig deeper. So can I tell you today, it's just worthwhile to mention here, if you are constantly criticizing someone or have a critical spirit, I encourage you, ask God, what's the real issue here? What's really going on? And when I've done that, the Lord's always faithful, and most of the time, it comes back to me. It has more to do with me than it ever does them. So just a little teaching moment. You know, people begin to lose passion in their life when they take on a spirit of dishonor. They do. When they quit honoring people, when they quit honoring God, they get, they get an ugly spirit. They become a crabby patty. Sorry, patty. And they start to cut people off. They start to say, well, I don't like this about them. I don't like that about them. And you know what? Here's the thing. It's, it's really their loss because what they do is they are, now they're miserable and now they're missing out. 
You know, people can, can be rejoicing all around you, right? And you can still be miserable and empty. You know, when you come in the doors, don't we have the best greeter team there is? I mean, seriously. But our greeters, as good as they are, they cannot greet you into happy this morning. They can't. Same with our worship team. They can't, we can't sing you into happy. That has everything to do with you and your spirit. Do you have the spirit of honor? The Lord heard it. Someone say that. The Lord heard it. So on this day, God gets so upset with them dishonoring the one that he has raised up, their leader, the one that God has chosen, the one that God has appointed, the one that God has handpicked. And the scripture says that God told them, meet me at the front door. I mean, God's not playing, right? God doesn't tolerate sin. God won't tolerate sin, and he doesn't play with sin. He takes it so seriously. So basically, God has them standing before him, and he, he says to them, who do you think you are? Like, really, who do you think you are? And then God goes on to tell, tell them, hey, me and Moses, we're tight. We are so tight. In fact, we're so tight, we talk face to face, and he understands me. I mean, this is the same guy who struck the rock and created a bubbler for you to drink out of. This is the same guy who, who you, gave you clothes to wear for 40 years, and you, as you expanded and your feet grew, your clothes still fit, and all you can do is sit and complain and murmur and criticize. I mean, come on, Right? I mean, who do you think you are? And the Bible says that leprosy came on Miriam, and she turned white as snow. God's not playing. And, and Moses is a much better person than I am because he went to God and begged for God to heal Miriam. And of course, God did, but he said, I still deal with sin very severely, so we're still going to move her out of the camp, give her leprosy for seven days, let her think about this. And so she was confined from everyone else for seven days before she could return. It's a spirit of dishonor. So the principle in this is, if a person has a spirit of dishonor, you're supposed to treat them like a leper until they get over their dishonor. Why? Because leprosy is contagious. Dishonor is contagious. Leprosy causes a person to lose feeling, right? And, and when a person has the spirit of dishonor, they lose the ability to feel God anymore. And the spirit of God can be moving, but they just don't feel it because their spiritual leprosy has made them so numb, and that's why dishonoring becomes easier and easier and easier to do. Can I tell you, as one of your pastors, it matters who you hang around with. It matters who you hang around with. I mean, some of you all, you make me nervous. You need new friends, just to be honest. Here's, here's what the Bible says. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Wow. Right? I mean, there it is. It matters who you hang out with. You know, if you hang out with chickens, it's a matter of time before you start to cluck. You hang out with eagles, and it's a matter of time, and you're going to start to soar, and you will rise above all the fray. Amen? It's time to get yourself some new friends. If they're sitting complaining, you don't have to tolerate that. 
You don't have to be a part of that. We don't really know for sure, but I'm not sure Aaron was really a part of this in all the beginning, but guess what? He was there, and so guilty by association. Good company corrects, corrupts good character. So if you're around someone who's complaining and criticizing and maybe doesn't really have anything nice to say, I would say as your pastor, be careful. Be careful and guard yourself because it's contagious. Dishonor is contagious. And so, you know, let's look at Noah in Scripture. Do you guys remember Noah? He built the big ark, the big boat. And, and he's in the book of Genesis. And this is how he's described. So I want you to remember this. He was described as a righteous man, blameless among the people, and a man who walked with God. And God told him to build this big boat, the ark, and fill it with animals, two of every kind. And, and Noah obeyed. I mean, he obeyed. He had a close relationship with the Lord. And in Genesis chapter 9, Noah now has spent 40 days on this boat, locked in with a bunch of animals and his entire family. How does that sound? (laughs) And when he got off the boat, he got drunk. And you might have too. So he gets drunk. And the Bible says he's in his tent and he's uncovered. He's uncovered, and his boy Ham, his name is Ham, came into the tent and saw his father's nakedness. Now, here's the thing. Everyone has flesh, right? Every one of us has flesh, and it's just a matter of time until we see it. I mean, some of you will show your flesh today as you're driving out of the parking lot. We, we hear about those things. <laughs> we know. It's okay. We all have flesh, Newsflash is that most of the people that God uses has flesh. You know, Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians, referring to those who are called, those who are chosen by God. Paul says this, and I love it. This is the Passion Translation. But God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think that they're wise. God chose the puny and the powerless to shame the high and the mighty. He chose the lowly and the laughable in the world's eyes. He chose the nobodies so that he would shame the somebodies. I tell you what, I love that. And I'm so glad because to know that God chooses people like that, it makes sense why God chose me. Amen. Amen. God would rather have someone who's leaning on him, who has a humble spirit over someone who is so qualified that they would boast in themselves rather than in God. That's how he works. The Bible saw, said that Ham saw some flesh, and he ran out and made it his business to tell everybody about his father Noah. He ran out to his brothers and he told them, hey, you got to come look at dad. Now listen, we're not talking here about covering up blatant sin. We're speaking about having a spirit of dishonor. You know, let's not get so caught up on who deserves honor or if they're acting honorable or not. So, So here's Noah. Did he sin? Yes, he did. He did. He's drunk and drunkenness is a sin. But this doesn't mean that in any way people were allowed to dishonor him. No. How many of you are so thankful that God doesn't define us by our worst day? I know I sure am. So, here, you know, one of our core values here 
at Abundant Life Church and to be on our staff is that we will honor one another. I mean, it's a non-negotiable to us. This is a really big deal. And if this is broken, we take it so seriously. We have meetings and we face this thing head on because we will not tolerate a culture of dishonor. It's who we, honor is who we are. We want to be known as people who honor. We have a saying around here that we will praise in public and we will correct in private. You know, does that mean everybody's perfect and everybody always gets along and we don't have to have hard conversations? Absolutely not. It means that when things go wonky and when we have to have those hard conversations, we do that and we do it lovingly and we bring correction, but it's done in private. So all you see is we are for one another. That's what honor does. That's the covering that we want to be known for, where we are going to cover so we can bring people up and we can help them heal. Amen? If we do it any other way, we expose them and it brings shame and it tears down. We're not into that. God's not into that. So listen, to show honor to someone, it doesn't mean that a person has to be perfect or is ever going to be perfect. It just means that you're choosing to see that person as God sees them. You're choosing to see that person in all of their godly potential. You know, Scripture is full of examples of of bad moments that God still used people after where God was able to redeem their story. We know that Noah got drunk. We know Jacob lied. We know Moses murdered. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair. Miriam was a gossip. And here God still used them. And the good news for you and me today is we're in good company because God can use you too. God can use me too. So Ham's brothers were Japheth and Shem, and they hear about their father Noah, and and they start to enter the same tent that Ham had just come out of, except this time they're bringing a blanket. And instead of even going into the tent frontwards, they, they, I don't know, did they have zippers that day? Probably not. They untie the the tent and they walk backwards because they have a spirit of honor. And they want to cover their father because he's just a man and we're covering him. And when Noah woke from his wine, he blesses the world with a prophetic word and it touches the entire world. And this is what he prophesies. He says, Shem, you will be the head of the Semitic tribe and you will do amazing things. And Japheth, you will be head of the European tribe and you will be spread out. And then he gets to his son, Ham. And the Bible doesn't say that he cursed Ham, but he says, he cursed, cursed be your son, Cain, because of what you did is now going to the next generation. So the spirit of honor is going to either elevate you and your children and your children's children, or it's going to decimate you. And that could go into your children and your children's children. If you take on a spirit of dishonor, your children and your grandchildren and your grandchildren's children are going to go down a really wrong path. But if I choose to honor God and honor people, that will be passed down to my children and my children's children, and that will be felt throughout the generations. I don't know about you, but I want to have a spirit of honor. 
I don't want to miss the works of God in my life. I want to pass down a legacy of honor to my children and my grandchildren and their children's children. Amen? So Jesus here, he's, he's the hometown boy, and there's no works done there because there wasn't the spirit of honor. Do you want the mighty works of God released upon your life today? We got to keep a spirit of honor. I know I do. I, I want, I so much never want to be hindered of what could ever hinder me from experiencing everything that God would have for my life. This honor thing is a big deal and we've got to get it right. You know what? Whether we agree with people or not, it really doesn't even matter. It's not even in the equation. See, we don't have to agree, agree with everybody to honor them. And this does. It takes maturity. It takes maturity to be able to do that. We've got to honor one another. How do we do that? Well, we treat people like Jesus would. We treat people like Jesus would. We, being his hands and feet, this is what Jesus said. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. We treat them like Jesus. You know, some of us today, maybe, maybe we need to ask God to heal our leprosy. Maybe we've been dishonorable with our mouth. Maybe our spirit has been critical. This can be toward a spouse, a parent, a teacher, a boss, leadership, coworker, government. It could be anything. And today... I don't know about you, but I don't want anything to keep me from experiencing all God has for, for me and then for my children and for my children's children. So I'm going to make that right with God. And so today, maybe in a spirit of repentance, you could just say, Lord, help me with this. Help me do better. Help me do better, Lord. Help me to stop criticizing. Help me to stop gossiping. Help me to stop murmuring and complaining, God. And help a uh, spirit of honor be upon my lips. Help me to speak honorably to everyone out there because I want this reward that comes with honor. Here's the thing about repentance. When we ask God for forgiveness, that means we repent before him. And that word repentance means that then we change. We change that behavior and we stop letting that stuff come out of our mouth. And we change it and we start speaking differently. Let's disconnect from the spirit of dishonor and become people who truly honor in Jesus' name. See, when we honor, there's a reward. And that reward isn't just for us, it's for future generations. I tell you what, it starts with me, right? It starts with me, and it goes on to my children, and I'm just going to raise up an army of honor, honoring people. You know, John and I, as we close this series of Honor You, we, we so much want this house to be a house of honor. Wouldn't it be so cool if Abundant Life Church had a reputation in this community where, wow, those people, man, they drop honor bombs on everybody. That was an idea I had for a creative meeting. Let's, let's do honor bombs. And they, they thought that was a bad idea because of the times, I guess. I'm sure. Probably wasn't. Remember the blessing bomb thing? That's where I'm thinking honor bombs. So let's be different. Let's be different. Let's look intentionally. Let's go out of our way to try to bring honor. And when you walk into the room, 
Wow, how can I serve you? How can I bless you? What can I do for you? What is it you need? How can I help? Let's encourage people. Let's celebrate people. Let's, let's appreciate people. That's how we do this honor thing. That's how we get a reputation of honor. I want to tell you that we want this house to be, have a culture of honor. And can we just decide right now that we're not going to tolerate a spirit of dishonor? That we don't want a part of it? We don't want to be attached to that, and we're going to separate ourselves from anything that would dishonor the Lord because we want our house to receive the blessing of God and receive that reward of honor. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our time together today, Jesus. Lord, I pray and I declare a spirit of honor upon this house today. In Jesus' name, Lord, because we want to see your mighty works. We want to see the hand of God over this body and over this community. So God, I pray that you will help us be people that would honor, Lord, you first and foremost, and then those who are around us, Lord. God, we need your help with this because it's so not natural to us, God. So forgive us where we failed, and Lord, help us do better. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.